Welcome to the Bushy Black Brother Network. I'm Michael Carr, and I'm here with Don Warner, and we're at our Minorities Report podcast. And I wanted to talk to Don Warner because I'm so concerned about our community with health and the loss of stories that are making our community better and better. And it's really important that voices that are not heard regularly get their voices heard. So I had Don Warner here to give us some insight on a couple of health issues and her journey of healthcare, the healthcare system, and what she actually went through to inspire others, join her, or you start something on your own. So Don, first I really wanna ask you, first I wanna ask you, good morning, how are you? Good morning, Or good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the middle of the day. I don't, I don't even know somewhere. what this morning somewhere. <laughs> so, so Don just came back from Cuba, which is one of my, I would say bucket list, but it's not bucket because I'm going. That's Some right. Some people say bucket list is a wish list. Ah, I'm not wishing. Mm-mm. I'm going. Right. I call them living lists. Living lists. I mm-hmm. need to, you coined the phrase, but I'm going to use it from now on. All my right. living list. She went to Cuba. So could you tell me about that? Cuba was absolutely amazing. This was my second time. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Don't be jealous. The people are incredible. Okay. The food is even better. Music. Uh, the music. Oh. And the way that I'd like to do Cuba mm-hmm. is to just really get so immersed that when I come back, I can't wait to go again. Okay. And so at every meal we had music mm. and which is kind of hard to get used to when you come back home and there's no one playing music for you. <laughs> so wait a minute. Where's my live band? Exactly. You're sitting somewhere and it's kind of like you're looking around, right? Yeah. yeah. Turn on the radio and I'm searching for my Spanish stations, you know. Non-existent. Yeah. Right. Um, I love the culture, just learning so much and they are so welcoming mm-hmm. to Americans. So did you tour the island or it was yes. kind of like specific areas that you actually went to? So we do the people to people tours. And this mm-hmm. particular, this last time we did more Havana and the West Coast. Okay. And I have to say just, you have to go. I will go. You have, <laughs> you have to go because there's so much, even when you think that, oh, this is just a billboard. There's so much history behind that billboard. And the guides, they give you so much information that you just can't wait to go home. You feel like you are coming home with a PhD in all things Cuba. Right, right. You know, it's not one of those, oh, well. That was nice. You know, it's it's not like that at all. And this time I actually got a chance to go to the beach. So you didn't so, go to the beach the first time? No, didn't go to the beach the first time, okay. but this time we got a chance to go to the beach. The first time we started in uh, Camagüey, okay, and our group was on the first commercial flight wow. 
into Camagüey. And one of the things that was kind of funny is I was sitting in the back of the plane and I noticed everybody standing up coming towards the back of the plane. And the reason being, they didn't know how to open up the door to get them off the plane. That's how new everything was in these big, you know, planes that are going there now. It's exciting. So how did you get to this travel? Did you just travel on your own or did you have a company <laughs> that uh, well, yes. helped you get to that? <laughs> well, yes, I own a travel franchise um, called Dream Vacations. Okay. And with through the franchise is how um, I got to travel Okay. and encourage other people. And part of my business is also allowing other people to have a social impact. So anytime I'm participating in the group, we're going to give back. We're going to make it better. Gotcha. So even with Cuba, we brought things to give to like the Boys and Girls Club there. Um, We came across a women's uh, cooperative where they make different things to sell to help Mm -hmm. boost their income. Right. And we gave them different clothing and scissors and different tools to help them be able to continue to make their crafts. And so through Dream Vacations, my franchise, it's it's not just that. We also encourage people to pack for a purpose. So whether it's Cuba, um, Barbados, anywhere you're going in the world, Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to serve. And are you selective in the places that you go? Or is it there's a certain areas that you kind of say, I'm going here because you have to go to these certain areas. Well, there are something, some places that are just on my list. Okay. And okay. I, I'm a travel bug. <laughs> so if I, I, I feel like if my spirit is leading me somewhere, I, I, just, going. I just have to go. I just have to Amazing. go. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And I, I feel very fortunate that I've traveled a great deal. A so great deal. I, I admire that. I'm a traveler too. So that's why I was excited about your journeys from um, around the world and different places. Great segue. Um, One of the things that I did absolutely wanted to talk to you about is your journey that I had no idea of a disease called myasthenia gravis. Yes, you did great. Okay. (laughs) I I, I played with it. I was like, got to hear it again. Wait a minute. Did I say that right? Myasthenia gravis. And how most people just go with autoimmune system disease. Mm -hmm. And they just package it under that. And they don't actually say, what are the different diseases that are associated to that? Right. And your journey with that disease, um, I would like for you to talk to the audience a little about that. Because I, I tried to find some information um, earlier, where it was first diagnosed and who was the people who was like, this is a problem, and then it started growing. But mm. it still seems really hidden compared to a lot of the prominent diseases that's out there. You're absolutely right. And with my senior gravis, it is considered a rare disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike some diseases where there are big walks annually where you've heard about them oh, for yeah. 20 years. It's not the case with my senior gravis. Um, for example, we've only started having walks mm. over the past seven years. Seven years. So not even 10. Yeah. So seven yeah. years. And I know 
I, I'll definitely share my journey. Yes, I'll please. Definitely share my journey. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was diagnosed, um, well, I'll just say when my symptoms started. Right. My symptoms started. I can definitely trace it back to when I got a vaccination. Gotcha. I was preparing to go to Africa. I got a vaccination and my symptoms started immediately. Gotcha. But I didn't recognize that, oh, this is from the vaccination or that it's my senior gravis. Mm -hmm. It actually took about two years to get diagnosed. Wow. My symptoms started with fatigue, um, double vision. Then I was dropping things. I couldn't hold anything. Something right. as light as a pencil, I couldn't even hold. Was that immediate or was it progressive in a Pro way? It was progressive. Okay. So the fatigue started immediately. And I knew something was wrong when I'm trying to go up Tabletop Mountain and there is a 80-year-old woman that's... <laughs> Flying past Wait a you. minute. <laughs> Did that granny just lap me? <laughs> What's going on? A marathon woman or something. Right. I'm in pretty good shape. What's happening here? Right, right. And then um, as soon as I got back from Africa, I fell for the first time. Gotcha. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm just getting clumsy. Oh, didn't pay it any mind, didn't make the connection that the two were possibly related. Mm -hmm. I started driving in Houston because at the time I worked for Corporate America and my job took me to many cities. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing doctors in different cities. Wow. Nobody is putting anything together. Double vision. Oh, okay, put a prism in your glasses. Mm -hmm. That'll take care of the double vision. And I said, okay. Well, what's going to happen when I take my glasses off? <laughs> right, right. So Still temporary the relief. They wasn't really going to the level of detail to say, is there something deeper? No, no. And then it really wasn't. Once I moved back to Atlanta, I was literally, as we are moving my stuff into the truck, falling. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how many times I fell to the point where everyone was just like, Dawn, just sit down. Because right. at this point, you're not helping. You're not stable. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. not helping. <laughs> Get to Atlanta and started going to, I don't know if I should say the name of the <laughs> clinic. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I go to this clinic that specializes in neurological disorders. Mm -hmm. I tell them everything that's going on. I'm falling, I can't hold things, I have double vision, my speech is slurred. They decide to run a test on me, a nerve conduction test, mm -hmm. and said, oh, you're fine. And wow. I said, but I'm not fine. This right. isn't normal. People don't just fall I, for I no reason. I have these symptoms, yeah. Okay, so I keep traveling and I'm so fatigued mm -hmm. and so, Okay, well, I know B12 will help with fatigue. So let me just come and get B12 shots. And that's literally boosting me up. So I'll get a B12 shot like every two weeks mm -hmm. just so I could travel. Right, and then I'm right. like, and right. then I'm falling. <laughs> My body literally collapses afterwards. Right. And then finally, I had a project at Duke and I was trying to get back. And I collapsed in my driveway. Wow. And let me just tell you how spirit works. Normally, when I'm traveling, I take my luggage from my house directly into the garage. Mm -hmm. 
for whatever reason, I pulled the car out of the garage and went out through my front door. Wow. Where a neighbor, you know, someone saw me when I collapsed and where I live, there's terrible cell phone reception. (laughs) So trying to just even call, couldn't get reception. And so um, someone saw me call an ambulance. I get to the hospital. And take your time. I just want to say, if it wasn't for the fact that I knew, I personally knew some doctors at this particular hospital, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be here today. And I say that because I'm presenting with, I cannot walk. Somebody who cannot physically stand up. Yes. I'm having trouble breathing. And the neurologist on call decides he's going to make me stand up. So I fall down, obviously. Right. Not one time did I ask for drugs. All I said was, I need you to do whatever you got to do so I can catch my plane. I have to (laughs) get get back to Duke. I have work to do. Right. He said, well, since you can't walk, we need to do a spinal tap. Mm. And this is the part that really hurt. One of the parts that really hurt. He said... So if you're faking. So he automatically went to the faking. Automatically went to the faking. Wow. If you're faking, there's a chance you won't really be able to walk. I was so hurt. I said, you know what? I cannot walk. Mm. And trust me, this is not the place I want to be right now. I have something I need to finish. Right. I will consent to this. Spinal tap comes back normal. He would not admit me to the hospital. Even though you couldn't walk. Even though I couldn't walk. um, Not only could I not walk, at this point, my body is in such a state that... I'm gasping for air because I'm having trouble breathing. I didn't know what was going on with me. I can't lift my arms up. My arms just felt really heavy. Mm. Extreme fatigue. Just imagine that you've just run 10 marathons back to back and your muscles are like jello. You just can't do anything. So I had to call my primary physician and say, hey, I'm at the the hospital. That hospital, right. The hospital. (laughs) This is what's going on. They think I'm faking. What do you want me to do? Right. I talked to some of my friends that work at the hospital. They talk to the neurologist and they say, look, we've seen her fall. We've seen her have some episodes. We thought it was MS. But it's not, we don't know what she has. My primary doctor had to admit me to the hospital. Your primary, somewhere else. Somewhere else 
had to say, you, you're going to right. admit her here. Right, right. So they take all this lab work. My primary says, hey, she had a nerve conduction study done. It came back negative, but they didn't do it with repetitive stimulation. Mm. Let's, let's order the nerve conduction study with repetitive stimulation. Okay. So I'm going to hold you up right there. It is so amazing that the terminology that you've learned throughout all it is, oh. and it's a natural way you talk now. Oh, it is. It, it is. Because you had to know it. Had to. Because had when to. you're talking to these people who don't believe you, mm-hmm. when you're talking to these people, when you, the assumption with our medical care is you're helping me, you have to be, I have to assist you because you're looking to say, let's move on. Right. So uh, I just wanted to say that is amazing to me. <laughs> so, I had to, so I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's all good. It's, um, it's, it's kind of sobering, though, because when my doctor came in mm-hmm. and they're talking as if I'm not even there, even there to hear this neurologist, whom I had just met, from this ER visit, Mm -hmm. ask my primary care, how well do you know her? Because I think we need a psych consult. Wow. Immediately. Wow. So I'm crazy because I can't stand up. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you for any type of opiates, nothing like that. Right. I just want to know what's going on and how quickly can we get, you know, this body better. So you can so get the I, heck out so of I it too. Go. Oh, yes. <laughs> my focus was on, I need to go, right. I need to go. And then my primary told him, no, she is not faking. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to figure out what's going on, but she's been in all these different states and seeing all these different doctors. So I'm glad that she's at one place now. So we can try to do all the tests. Right. So. He proceeds. All the tests get ordered. Mm -hmm. One of the tests that was ordered was a panel for myasthenia gravis. I had never heard of that word. Right. I didn't even know how to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And so when I'm, I'm in the bed. And they're giving me all different types of medication, monitoring me. The tech comes in to do the nerve conduction study. And so that is not a test that you want to do just on a whim. You don't want to do that. Um, It's needles that are stuck in you to basically measure the response of your muscles. And so if you do the test without exercising the muscle, you won't get the best response. Okay. And so when I got it done the first time, they didn't have me like try to move your muscles, do this, do that, to try to fatigue your muscles. Mm-hmm. This time, they did. And to see the look on the tech's face, he said, oh, they've definitely found what's wrong with you. I said, great. All right, yeah. Because, again, Let I got Let me get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go, right. So... Then the lab tests come back. 
when the lab test came back, it was about 20 people rushing into my room. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm in the bed like, what's yeah, like, going what's, on? Yeah, yeah. And then they tell me, you have myasthenia gravis. And I'm... You're like... Okay, okay, and how do we get rid of it? Mm-hmm. How's the treatment? You Whatever. Know, what do we have to do? Right. Well, there's no cure. And so I get a little upset because I'm not really understanding and the delivery was not quite right. what I would have right. hoped right. to have. You have my senior gravis. There's no cure. Um Okay. We, you have antibodies higher than we've ever seen in this hospital. Wow. Okay. And so the look on the faces of some of the people that came in the room, which were some of them were students mm-hmm. and some were physicians, they seemed very concerned. And I like, okay, this is something that obviously is very, very serious. Right. And I just kept saying, can you say the name again so I can hear it and learn it and understand it? Write it down for me. And then it hit me. Oh, I when they wrote it down, I said, Mm. oh, this is what Aristotle Onassis had. Oh, so you already had a relation. It just sparked something. Yes. Okay. And. But I also remembered that he died from it. Okay. That wasn't good, though. That wasn't, that wasn't good. That wasn't good at all. And so I said, um, okay, how long do I have to live? Right. Because the look on their faces, I'm thinking. Very concerning, right? Yeah. I mean, it was like dead girl walking. Like, <laughs> really? I don't want to hear this. Right. Um, right. Help me out. And so when they said, oh, we have to start you on IVIG treatment. We have to start you on all this medication. And they're throwing names at me. And I'm just like, right. okay, I don't know what any of that is. But will it help me get out of here? Right. And they said, Eventually. Eventually. So no time frame. No, by next week, eventually. No time frame. Wow. No time frame. So I'm getting these immunoglobin treatments in my vein. And so that treatment, it for short, it's IVIG. Mm-hmm. And I've since learned that when you have my a diagnosis of myasthenia gravis, mm-hmm. This is one of the go-to treatments when you're having a crisis. So that's the immediate one. Right. I was in crisis. Okay. You didn't know that. Didn't know that. (laughs) Didn't know that, but I I was in crisis. You know, with the respiratory problems, I was in crisis. Right, right. They also started me on another drug called Mestinon, which is also a staple, staple drug. That if you have this diagnosis, if you ask most people that have my senior gravis, mm-hmm. they will say, oh, yes, I'm on Mestinon. Okay. Which ironically is a drug that the military uses. They give it to the soldiers so that if they are, um, if they encounter 
nuclear weapons. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. And I'm just, I'm thinking, wow. But, but what? you're giving that to me. So I get it. And what is it supposed to do for me? And the only thing I'm thinking is, this is just toxic. Right. Okay, so I got to put this toxic stuff into my system to feel better. And so I just resolved to, okay, I'm, I have to do whatever I have to do to start to feel better, to get yeah. out of this place. Right. And then they give me another drug, an oh. immunosuppressant, uh, Emuran. But the neurologist forgets to monitor my liver. And I say this only because I'm looking at my lab results, and this was the days of good old paper charts. Yep. Yep. I'm looking at it like, oh, that's going up. Oh, that's going, it keeps rising. Mm -hmm. Then a primary doctor comes in and says, I know you've been looking at your chart. Because <laughs> he knows you. <laughs> you, you. You know that your liver enzymes are reaching a critical level. What did the neurologist say? And I said, he hasn't said anything. Wow. So she's like, okay, I'm going to take you off of it. <laughs> I was off of that drug for four days. Neurologist comes in. Oh, so you're still on this, this, this. Oh, and you're still on the Emuran. And I'm thinking, he's not reading no. my chart. He's no. just going through the motions. And checking the list off. This isn't someone that I can continue with outside of this hospital. So how was you feeling during this point? I was feeling so tired. Like my body was so worn out. And I kept saying, okay, this is going to make me better. It's going to make me better. Okay. And I just had to turn to my spiritual practices. Okay. I affirm wellness. I affirm wellness. This is not what your life looks like, Dawn. This is not what your life looks like. Right. You know, because I couldn't walk, they were trying to get me to sign up for um, disability. Whoa. And I just said, Hold I up. think we've gone a little <laughs> too far here. Right. I know I can't walk. And by this point, it's two weeks okay. in the hospital. Wow. I'm not signing up for disability. You're going to get better. There's nothing wrong with my mind. Right. I'm not signing up for disability. Right. I ended up having to be put on the skilled nursing ward. Now, let me tell you, mm. skilled nursing, the average age was about 85. Yes. I know. My mother's on that. And... Obviously, I'm not in that age range. Right, right, right. And so that, being moved to that side of the hospital, came with its own concerns. And it was, I want to say it was really there when it absolutely hit me that we have to be our own advocates. Mm -hmm. We have to also have people looking out for us. Yes. So... When I got put on that side, all my medications that they had me on, of course, I had a list of everything I was taking, the name, the color, what it looked like, <laughs> right. because I wasn't working, so I had to occupy myself with something, right. and my health became my job. 
Do you think that practice or the way you are with the level of detail actually helped as well? Yes, I do. Because most people won't do that level. They're they're sitting and waiting. But what you're saying is, uh uh-uh, I'm monitoring everything. I'm documenting everything. So, but you know that that was something that kind of assisted you along the way as well. Yes. And so, and this, one of the reasons why, one of the things I learned was if you have a diagnosis of myasthenia gravis and you take magnesium, Mm -hmm. it can put you into crisis. Whoa. So that was key information for me. And so when I went on to the skilled nursing side, I was getting um, vitamin nutritional therapy. Mm-hmm. The first bag that they gave me, and I, I said, oh, let me see what's in that. You're going to put it in my arm. Let me see what's yeah. in it. Yeah. Okay, vitamin C, okay, B. Oh, magnesium. Uh-uh. No. No. <laughs> okay, so we, you know, take that bag back. Give me another one. Mm -hmm. And then it became a practice of I always had to check the bag. And you would think after sending at least four bags back, same patient, Mm -hmm. they would get no magnesium. Wow. Or at least a notation to say when servicing this patient, no magnesium. Right. Didn't happen. Um, But also, just to backtrack a little... When I, the very first day I was in that room mm-hmm. and they brought my medications, they brought me medication that I didn't recognize. Mm. And I said, oh, well, what is this? Oh, this is metformin. I said, well, metformin I know is for diabetes. I don't have diabetes. <laughs> that I know for sure. I right. do not have right. diabetes. Why are you giving this to me? Well, this is what the doctor ordered. Okay. And then they had some other medications and I just kept saying, these are not my medications. I said, where is this? Where is this? Where is this? Turns out the medication that they were giving me was left over from the previous person in the room. And I'm telling you this Mm. because it's real and it happens. And it happens. And I'm thinking, I have my wits about me. I'm the youngest person on this ward. Right. But can you imagine? So what's happening to our seniors that are just, oh, just taking the medication? Mm -hmm. Because it's given to them. Oh, I'm taking what you're giving me. And I just said, oh, my God. There's a problem. Right. And there's a serious problem here. No one is paying attention. Right. Right. You can't be an autopilot doing your job. You can't just treat every patient like, oh, well, this person has this disease. This is what we do. Mm. Everybody is an individual. Yep. Absolutely. The nurse that I had, she said, well, I've been a nurse for 20 years and I've never had a person with my senior gravis. I said, I appreciate your honesty. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to get through this together. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to work together. <laughs> and <laughs> this is this is and this is how we're going to do it. And she was just amazed that I was trying to be so involved. I said, "This is my body. Yeah. 
I have a life outside of this hospital that I would like to get back to. Right. That was your intent. Yes. And so I ended up in that hospital for over 30 days. And the only reason I got discharged was because the final time they put, they did the IV. Mm-hmm. It had magnesium in it. And I started coding. And then I said, you will not kill me in this hospital. Gotta go. And that's when I learned that the IV treatments that they were giving me, mm-hmm. oh, I can get them at home? Why I'm going you, home, yeah. Why didn't you tell me that? I'm going home. Right. And I started to recover much better Okay. at home. And in doing so, just reading more about my Cena and just finding that, wow, everything out there is something toxic right. to put in your body. And then just learning, oh, when you have a diagnosis of one disease, one autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. chances are you will develop another one Wow! because you're so susceptible. And I just kept saying, myasthenia gravis, myasthenia gravis, what is it? What's out there? Who's doing mm-hmm. research? Yeah. Are there any clinical trials? I wanted to try anything and everything and basically. everything. Right. And I just said, okay, I just have to literally take myself down to what makes me feel better. What will balance me? And so I found that if I went to, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, bioassessment testing. No, I haven't. So it's a way of testing your body to see what's out of balance. Mm, And it's non-invasive. You just hold a prong and they kind of touch different areas of on your hands and your feet. Mm -hmm. And they coincide to almost like the, um, the reflexology chart here. So they um, touch different points. And if something is out of balance, they can tell you um, that it's one out of balance to what will help put you into balance. Okay. And I said, this is going to be one of my wellness tools. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep that in my bag. Let's look at the supplements. Mm -hmm. What can I get on? And then trying to find supplements without magnesium. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Was a little hard. No magnesium. Was a little hard, but not impossible. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, I did. And then looking at, okay. What am I eating? Mm-hmm. So then you change to your food intake. My food intake. I was already a pescatarian, but, you know, I do love my sugar. Ah. <laughs> I, I love sweets. There's Me not too. a red velvet that I... <laughs> you would pass up. And just... <laughs> I got you. Chocolate, yes, that's, that's for me. Okay. But, you know... I learned that, okay, I'm going to focus on wellness and what that will look like for me. I have to see what these foods are doing to my body. So no bread, no alcohol. Yeah, no alcohol. No alcohol. Um, I just have to cut it out. Wow. 
Did you say no alcohol? No alcohol. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. No alcohol, yes. <laughs> Which was hard because I make a really good chocolate martini. I'm just saying. Okay. But in the realm of Being wellness, healthy and wellness, right. What's more important? Your health. And then I... And living. Yes. Yeah. And then I started looking at, okay, what was going on in my life that brought this on? So aside from, okay, the vaccination, but what else was happening? Right. A lot of stress. A lot You're of an stress. amazing researcher, though. Yes. I just hear that your research is amazing. I, I, I have to, because when, when it's about you mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not getting answers, and some people will just stick with what the doctor told them, well, my doctor said this. Well, you have to remember they're licensed to practice (laughs) medicine. So no one has perfected medicine because there's no licenses for that. Right. No, (laughs) it's practicing. So everybody's practicing. (laughs) So if they're going to practice, I'm going to practice too. I'm going to practice with them. And so I started going to different... um, seminars on different ways of improving your health Mm -hmm. and just building, okay, building my own knowledge. So these seminars and um, research that you found, was it myasthenia gravis or just in general? In in general, in general, because what I found was there really wasn't anything out there at the time um, in terms of myasthenia gravis. Wow. Nothing really out there. Okay. The one organization that I did find that I aligned myself with is the Myasthenia Gravis Foundation of America. Yes. They are like the staple, if you will. Um, there's other smaller organizations, but I would say that the Myasthenia Gravis Foundation of America, they have the most comprehensive okay. information for people. And they also... Uh, sponsored um, support groups. Okay. And there's one in Atlanta that I go to on a regular basis. Okay. And okay. actually help co-facilitate because uh-huh. I just can't be. <laughs> you will I, be involved. You will I, be involved. I'm not a follower. Right. I'm not a follower by nature. This leader I, here. I, I have to be in the forefront. I have to know what's going on and how can it help me. And once it you know, I see that it's helping. How can I help you? Gotcha. And so um, one of the things was with my senior gravis, a lot of people think you can't work out. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. Because of the fatigue and weakness that occurs. Right. Right. And so I said, well, I need to learn about fitness mm-hmm. and personal training. Right. And so I went to. My daughter, who was also a personal trainer, and I said, and I said, Beth, I need you to teach me some things. Gotcha. Well, she has a very um, militant style. Uh oh. Okay. She's about this big, so she has a. If you were not trying to do her style. She doesn't have time for (laughs) you. So hers is intensity, right? In that way, right? And I just said. I can't, I can't do this. You don't understand what's happening, what my body is doing. Right. And so I decided, okay, 
I'm going to go to school to learn how to be a personal trainer. And my daughter said, at your age? (laughs) I said, I don't want to train people. I want the information. I'm not trying to go out here and teach people how to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's for my own edification. I want to know what's safe for me to do. Right. And And you can pass that on, too. And so she just thought it was the craziest thing. Right. You're going to spend money and time to do this? (laughs) And not be a trainer? I said, well, time is going to go by anyway. Mm -hmm. So as long as time is still going to go by and I have some extra time. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to learn how to exercise without taxing my body. Mm. And she said, oh, okay. And so, you know, that was so that. So what was those things that you found that you could do? So I found that if I did more um, isometric type exercises and just low repetition, okay. that worked better for me. Because before, I would want to just run or I just want to try to do as many as I can, right, and, right. you know, compete with my daughter. Like, with, you know, <laughs> no, let me just slow it down. Right. And even if I'm having a bad MG day, if you will, right. there's still something that, that, I could, that I could actually do. So let me just try to do something instead of, you know, expanding. Ah, you yes, because <laughs> that does happen. So what, is it like Pilates or yoga or just low intensity? Low, low intensity. Strength um, training? No, not not so much strength training. And it's funny you mentioned yoga. I incorporate some yoga moves, mm-hmm. but I do not like yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. And, I I, got you know, you. And, and I know it's it's a great it tool. Is. Right. It's just, just not I, that's not you. It's just one of those things where in my mind I think, oh, I should like this. Right. But your body's like, I don't want to do that. No, but I would gravitate more towards the Pilates than right. the yoga. And especially if you're doing Pilates with the actual machine, mm-hmm. I like that better. Gotcha. But, but not the yoga though. No, no. I the yeah. last class I did at <laughs> LA Fitness, I was like, uh I'm not doing this. You were great. It's obviously me. (laughs) I won't be back. (laughs) Join us next time with our part two of our podcast with Dawn Warner as we continue with our conversation with her journey and her enlightenment on the medical system on the Minorities Report podcast. 